Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening and blessings. And welcome to another installment of the Gist of Freedom Estate. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author, Leslie Gist, and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African-American experience by honoring all the people, past and present, black and white, who, with faith and focus, are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5552. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Gift of Freedom. My name is Preston Washington. I'm your host. Our subject matter for this evening's show is the Underground Railroad in Florida. I want to remind you that these shows are available free of charge via iTunes, and you can pick that up at www.blackhistoryuniversity.com. My guest tonight is Gilbert Rayford, and Mr. Rayford is here to talk to us about the operation of the Underground Railroad in the state of Florida. Good evening, Mr. Raper. Oh, good evening. How are you? I'm fine. Uh, tell our audience a little bit more about you. Uh, about me? Yes. Well, you're... I'm a retired social work professor. I'm a native of Florida, and then I live in Miami. Okay. And uh, the Underground Railroad in Florida. Um, Tell us about how that was different than the Underground Railroad that ran along from the south up to Philadelphia and through, on through to Canada. Uh, for one thing, it was 100 years older. It started, okay. started back in the 1700s, and um, it started actually from uh, South Carolina to Florida. Slaves were encouraged to run away from the plantations and South Carolina and in Savannah and other parts of Georgia and uh, South Carolina. Uh, and they were given free um, accommodations there in Florida. Uh, they were made free by the Spanish government. The Spanish government at that time um, ruled Florida. That was their territory. And so what they did, they promised the slaves that if they could escape and come to Florida to a place they had built called Fort Mose, that they would be free. Many slaves did run away, and they came and established the first free settlements uh, for blacks in this country. And what were those um, settlements established per se? Are any of them still in existence today and around? Uh, what uh, no, 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 they're not. Um, Fort 
Fort Mose was established around 1738, and it lasted only until 1763 uh, when the British overran the fort and destroyed it. But in its place now is a museum which tells the history of the fort and the history of of blacks that ran away from slavery into freedom uh, to St. Augustine. It's in St. Augustine, Florida. St. Augustine. And how right. many... it's, about, uh, it's about two miles north of St. Augustine. But and at that many... time, the whole area was called St. Augustine. Yes. How many colonies altogether uh, were in existence? No, so there was just only one. It was just uh, a fort. And um, when they were, <clears throat> excuse me, when they were there, they built a city, but that was the only one, only one there. Later on, when they were dispersed, when the British came and took over St. Augustine, uh, many of them were taken to the Bahamas and to Cuba, along with the Spanish. But some remained in St. Augustine, and they developed another city called Lincolnville, which is still there in St. Augustine. Lincolnville. Right. Okay. Now, and this was during the period uh, early in America's history uh, where there were 13 colonies. Exactly. In the United States. Florida was not a colony, right? Florida was not a colony. No, no. Florida was a um, territory of Spain. Spain had uh, settled in Florida. Okay. And so there were, um, these colonies were free. Now, what countries were involved in the slave trade? Oh, gee. (laughs) Uh, The British, of course. uh, The British, the French, the Portuguese, the Spanish, uh, the Germans. Now, most of those countries, yeah. Yes. And all Numbers these, count in Indian countries. And all these countries were importing slaves into... Uh, into several area. parts of the Americas, not just Florida, but the Bahamas, uh, the islands in, in the Caribbean, uh, Central America, South America, um, Espanola. Now, what's Espanola? Well, that's an island that houses two nations. Um, Haiti is one part of it, and the Dominican Republic is the other part. And so they also had slaves. We're hearing that, uh, you hear people say that Africans were here before uh, Christopher Columbus. What's your opinion on that? Well, actually, Africans came with Christopher Columbus. There were Africans on on the... um, both with Christopher Columbus, and there were Africans that came with Ponce de Leon. So they were here before the, uh, the Mayflower. De Leon was here in the 1500s, is that correct? Well, actually, Ponce de Leon was here more than one time. He came with Christopher Columbus on his second voyage. Uh, he was not with Christopher Columbus on his first voyage, but on his second voyage was a year, uh, a couple of years later. Uh, Ponce de Leon was on that voyage with him. Then he came back with his own uh, fleet. And he brought blacks with him, too, Africans with him, too. As a matter of fact, uh, in my article, if you read it, uh, I mentioned one of the blacks that he, uh, one of the Africans that he brought, uh, came in and started uh, the wheat farm that we began to plant wheat in this country because he brought that um, that skill and, and, and that um, 
and that method of farming to the United States, well, actually to the uh, to the new nation. What was her connection to the Moors from Africa, and what connection did the Moors have to Fort Mose? Well, as you know, the Moors were primarily in the um, the Spanish, uh, Italian, um, Portuguese area. And so uh, um, they became part of the uh, the society for the, the Hispanics and the Italians and the um, Portuguese. So they traveled with them as well. And, of course, there was no racism then. So if they were uh, free, they could travel and, and, and make lives for themselves the same as the whites did. And some of them did. They, they settled here as free people. Okay. So uh, 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 yeah, go ahead. Even before slavery, there were free blacks here in this country. Okay, that was what I was kind of wanting to get to in terms of because you mentioned that slaves were escaping from South Carolina and Georgia. So and they were escaping. Oh no, they were all over the uh, the colonies, but those were the um, the colonies that were closer to to, uh, to Florida. Those that uh, came to <clears throat> Fort Mose came mainly from Georgia and from South Carolina. Of course, there were Africans who were brought over or being brought over uh, by the British, and before they could be made into slaves, some of them were captured. Uh, the ships were captured by the Spain, and they were also t- <clears throat> taken to um, Fort Mose and freed. Were any of the colonies anti-slavery, uh, Vermont, for example? Oh, yeah, in the beginning, I, I guess some of them were, the northern uh, colonists were, or they were not as involved in slavery as the southern colon, uh, colonists were. But we had slaves in New York, you had slaves even in, in Massachusetts, and some of the New England states had slaves. Let's see. Now, but I, I'm trying to think of a, uh, of a colony where there were no slaves, and I can't think of one. And during that period, was there a difference between chattel slavery and indentured? Oh, yeah, sure. Because some of the blacks did come over as indentured, the same as the whites came over as indentured. And they had the same status uh, until slavery was introduced. Slavery was not introduced in this country until the 1600s. So the blacks were coming in um, during the 1500s, 100 years before slavery was introduced. Okay. Now, and there was some uh, term being used in those days about hit rights. About what? Hit rights. The term hit rights. Could you explain what? I don't understand that term. You don't understand the term hit rights. I can't understand what you're saying, though. Let me, uh, yeah, let me spell it for you. H-E-A-D-R-I-G-H-T-S. No, I don't, uh, no, I, you know, I'm not a, a historian that as, as such. I'm just a social worker who studied a lot of history, so I'm sure that's a very common term for people who know uh, American history, uh, African American history. But I don't know that term myself. Okay, uh, you mentioned, um, well, head rights were something they gave to the settlers coming over, if you were the head of the family, you got rights to so much uh, land. Oh, head rights, head rights. Head rights, yes. Yeah. Uh, you were so what was your question, though? 
whiskey. Well, what did that have to do? How did that play into the role of instituting slavery? Um, as you said, a number of blacks came over indentured. And you might explain to our listeners what you mean Look, by indentured. Uh, yes. People were brought over here um, like on credit. They didn't have the, the money to pay for the voyage, and they were brought over by people who did have the money, and they had to work seven years um, to pay off that debt. It was standard, seven years uh, of indentured servitude, and, and race didn't matter. So blacks took advantage of that as well as whites. And my understanding of how slavery started was uh, in New York and in Virginia. Um, in New York, uh, a slave ran away from his, uh, his indentured servitude, and he was caught. He was brought back. He was made to serve uh, not just the rest of his seven years, but for the rest of his life. And so that was the New York version of how slavery got started. Slavery got started. But in Virginia... Uh, a black slave and a white slave both ran away from their servitude, the indentured servitude. When they were caught, the white uh, uh, servant was made to serve for the rest of his life. The black uh, indentured servant was made to serve not just the rest of his life, but they used the Bible to say that it's far, the sins of the fathers should be visited upon the children. And so... Uh, from that generation on, blacks were uh, deemed slaves, no matter um, whether they were ever free or not. Uh, they could be brought into slavery, and that sort of introduced the, the whole system of slavery in this country, in Virginia. Yeah. The chattel meaning and perpetuity. Right, not exactly, exactly. Not only that individual, but all their guests. All their ancestors from then on. All their descendants. Right. Now, you mentioned exactly. an article um, that you have written. Can you tell us uh, uh, the title of that article and where it might be available? Oh, sure. Uh, South Florida Times printed it last weekend. Oh, is it this weekend? I'm not sure. Uh, I think it was last weekend. And the article is called Fort Mose, the Beginning of the Black Heritage Trail in Florida. And it's, okay. it's, it tells the story of how uh, blacks were freed way before the Emancipation uh, Proclamation was um, was established by Lincoln. There were freed blacks in this country who had been slaves. Who had been enslaved, and they were right. And, and so this is uh, and that's the essence of this article is showing that there were these freed blacks you know, um, who uh, basically freed themselves by escaping and going into um, a system that allowed them to be free. Okay. Now, and going into Florida, what kind of support were they given by the... Um, well, before I ask that, um, during that time, there was... Um, of the War of 1812. Right, right. Um, well, that that was what? mainly between the British and, uh, and the, um, the, you know, and the Americans. Um, 
So the, the blacks participated in the war on the side of the British. Uh, thousands of them left with, uh, uh, to go to war, uh, fight with the British. Um, but they were not the same blacks that came to fight with the Spanish. The British were never as benign or as, um, how shall I say, civilized toward the blacks as the Spanish had been. As a matter of fact, when Christopher Columbus, who eventually became the governor of Mexico, became very vicious. And, uh, well, there were slaves in Mexico, uh, sl- black slaves and Indian slaves in Mexico. And Christopher, uh, Christopher Columbus was the governor there, but he was very ruthless. And he uh, would not just uh, beat him, and, and so he would kill them for not getting enough gold for the crown, the, the uh, Spanish crown. But the, blacks, the Spanish blacks were able to go to court and able to petition the government, which they did. And they had Christopher Columbus arrested and brought back into Spain in chains. And, and so there was a very different treatment of blacks by the Spanish uh, during those days, treatment and- from what the British were doing. And you mentioned the city, St. Augustine. Talk to us a little bit about uh, St. Augustine, as it is the oldest uh, city in the nation. It is the oldest city in the nation, and at that time it was the second largest city in the south, uh, uh, second to South Car- to Charleston, South Carolina. Um, it's about... 25 miles south of Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Florida, is right on the Atlantic Ocean. And one of the main attractions there is supposed to be the uh, Fountain of Youth, such as it is. Uh, and there are a lot of forts there. And um, it, because it was very valuable in terms of, of slave trade and interest to the New World, um, both Spanish and the British fought uh, very hard to um, to claim it, and the Spanish did hold it for many years, and the British were able to take it over in 1763 and ran the Spanish out, and that's when the Spanish went to Cuba and to uh, Central and South America and and the Caribbean. I see. Tell us what you know about the Seminoles and. Uh Seminole Indian Nation and their relationship to Africans there in Florida. Well, you know, I have a personal relationship with, with the Seminole Indians because I was born in Florida. I was born in Ocala, and, and that was one of the main places where the Seminoles went when they left the, uh, the St. Augustine area. And uh, when I was in high school, one of my jobs was to teach English to the Seminoles. Um the Seminoles are no longer uh, in that area. Just a handful of them, maybe 300 Seminoles, are left uh, now in this country, and they're all down here in South Florida, uh, in the Miami area. Okay. Uh, and they're the ones now that have the casinos, and, of course, they are poor no more because <laughs> they have a lot of money coming in through the casinos. But they, they were very interested in helping the blacks at, at one point. As a matter of fact, there was a chief called um, Osceola okay. uh, who protected the blacks. Are you, uh, you need to say something? No, no. I was just no. 
uh, uh, who tried to protect the blacks, and he did protect the blacks. And there was an incident of one black woman who was considered very valuable, and she had run away from slavery uh, in Georgia. And um, they tried to come back to get her, and he was protecting her. And they were going to take her anyway, so he married her and made her his wife. And, of course, that was began a big war because the militia came down, and they eventually uh, captured him and killed him. Mm. You mentioned that the Seminoles are in the money these days. Is there some controversy in the, that the Seminoles not wanting to share their money and profits with the black Seminoles? Not in Florida. Uh, uh, blacks seem not to have uh, claim uh, Indian roots for the purpose of getting uh, Indian money. I understand that happens in Massachusetts and uh, in the New England areas where the Indians have um, casinos and the blacks have now become Indian all of a sudden and are trying to get some of the money, but not in Florida. Uh, I've not heard of cases where blacks have tried to um, go to court or anything like that to um, press their Indian heritage in order to get some of the money. Although <laughs> it's a lot of money coming out of the casinos these days. Yeah. Well, didn't the Seminoles uh, fight with the Confederates? Weren't they at one time in their history slave owners and uh, adopted? Oh, well, of course they were, but uh, so were blacks. But uh, they were the free blacks also had slaves, especially in Virginia, and some of them were uh, quite ruthless as well. But okay. the Seminoles somehow were not vicious with their slaves. They did not do things like separating them from their families, selling them off, and, and, and things like that, or raping them. They were not that. What they did, they sort of treated the slaves the same way as they treat each other. I mean, the slave women worked hard like the Indian women, and the slave men sort of hut and fish and, and, and did the things that, it, that the Indian men did. They were not really... Shall, um, how shall I say, oppressed as they were if, if they were slaves of white people or even some of the blacks who were free. But did not the Seminoles fight with the Confederacy to keep slavery alive and keep the... Well, some of them did. And, uh, they fought both sides, and so did the blacks. The blacks fought both sides, and, and, and the Indians, uh, blacks fought with, this, with the Confederates and with the uh, Union, and so did the Indians, yeah. Okay, but the distinction I'm making is that those blacks who might have fought for the slavery-tended nations, and the Seminole had to come in after the Civil War to make treaties with the United States because they were a defeated and conquered nation, and they had to adopt their former slaves into the nations as citizens. Are you familiar with that history? No, but it's interesting. I can imagine it. No. Okay. Well, and that's, you know, part of that history. And not only, now you mentioned Seminoles there in Florida, and some of those were all, some of those Seminoles were also moved out to Oklahoma. Oh, yes, yes. A lot of them did, as a matter of fact. They were part of the, so, uh, what, Trail of Tears. Exactly. Yeah, now, a lot of them. As a matter of fact, most of them, came, uh, uh, most of them had to, were pulled up and had to go with that. Yes. But I understand that um, there was a group, a band of Seminoles, 
and I wonder if you know anything about them, who went into the Everglades and who never officially surrendered to the United States. And legally... The Miccosukas, and they're still in the Everglades. Uh, But they're not a large number. Uh, um, I suspect they're they're not even 500, I don't suppose, today. But they're they're right here, you know, maybe... um, 20 miles from where I'm at this moment. Um, they have business in the Everglades. They have a casino. They have um, lots of money, but they still live pretty much as uh, as they tra- their tradition suggests. Uh, they're not flashy. They don't go around driving big cars and stuff like that, and they're still not integrating. They have their schools right there on the on the reservation. And they bring okay. in teachers and have a police uh, department there that they bring in and so forth. Uh, we have some callers on the line, but just before we bring them in, you mentioned the phrase, the trail of tears. Would you explain to our listeners what the trail of tears was all about? Well, my understanding is that the United States uh, militia, the government and the military, uh, forced the Indians from the south, including those in Florida, the Carolinas, Georgia, to actually walk across the country to the far and Midwest, you know, to settle in barren lands. And a lot of them died along the way. It was just a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was the, five, the so-called five civilized tribes, which included right. the Seminole, the Muscogee Creek, uh, Chickasaw, Choctaw, and Cherokee. Right, and right. Those are the Cherokee and those are the Carolinas and Seminoles of Florida. Right, and, and they were uh, and some were from forced, Georgia. They were forced to move uh, west of the Mississippi right, River. Right, exactly. Uh, they were homesteaders. They had to give up everything. Yes, they had to give up yeah. everything. Uh, gold had been discovered in Georgia, so that what started the uh, uh, the forced removal by Andrew Jackson. Right, exactly. And, um, okay, uh, do we have callers on the lines? The lines are now open. Callers. I think we had uh, some callers that were standing by that maybe had a question or comment. And by the way, it is called the Trail of Tears, but the Native Americans, as I understand it, actually phrased it the trail where we pride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Hollywood uh, apparently twisted it around to uh, the Trail of Tears. What is so interesting, though, is that the Indians, for the most part, never really wanted to to uh, assimilate. Uh, they never wanted to take on um, the white culture or become anyway, um, I shall say, um, uh, connected to, uh, to the white culture. Uh, that was very different from the blacks who wanted very much to be integrated. The Indians had never asked for integration. They've always fought it. To some extent, uh, there was a great uh, influx of white traders moving into Indian territories, the Carolinas and Georgia and Florida that you mentioned earlier. And in order to successfully trade with the Indians, they had to 
marry into the tribes, and that way they were afforded greater opportunity to sell their goods. And that's why yeah, right. English names, uh, German names, Scottish names, German, etc., amongst particularly the five civilized tribes. Uh, oh, yes. And it was interesting, too, uh, the Indians were... I, uh, very welcoming of to blacks uh, uh, to free blacks anyway, and uh, there were at least one black who became an Indian chief. You know, you might have heard about uh, Beckworth. You know, who became an Indian chief in also, South Dakota. Oh, in South Dakota. What about a gentleman yeah. by the name of John Horse? Yeah, Where John. John Horse, I was just reading something about John Horse the other day. John Horse is probably best known because he he could learn languages and he uh, could communicate um, in English as well as in uh, different uh, Indian uh, languages. And he served as an interpreter, you know, for um, for the military and for the government. But he, he was a black guy. And who was uh, George Sequoia Guest? Who was that now? George Sequoia Guest. Do you know anything about him? No, I don't. He has the last name. What's the last name? G-I-S-T. G-I-S-T? Yes. And it's... Oh, well... Uh, is that uh, Les's uh, uh, um, ancestor? Uh, that could very well be. He was uh, a Cherokee Indian who developed the written language. Oh, oh I see. Okay, no, I didn't know that. Uh, I, I know Leslie has um, a history of of uh, blacks who were free, who were enslaved, and her grandfather. Oh, I have a great-great-grandfather, I guess, mm-hmm. being William Tell. That was, his brother's name was just G-I-S-T, and he was sla- uh, freed from slavery through the Underground Railroad, but this is through the Harriet Tubman's Underground Railroad. I see. Uh, by well, the way, Harriet Tubman uh, also came to um, to St. Augustine, and uh, not during the days of the fort, because that was much later, but she did visit St. Augustine. During the Civil War. Oh, during the Civil War. Oh yeah, because she, you know, as you know, she um, was very active in the Civil War. She was a nurse. Mm-hmm. Because uh, she was, uh, she only spent ten years uh, as a work as underground conductor, underground railroad conductor. Uh, but she was a nurse uh, during throughout the Civil War. Uh, tell and, us about your museum. You have a museum there in Florida. Uh, the museum for yes, at the um, say, uh, Fort Mose has a very nice museum, and it's interactive museum, and um, it's underutilized. It's been in existence now for two years, and although four hundred, uh, almost uh, four and a half million people visit Saint Augustine every year about a million being uh, African-Americans. Less than uh, 11,000 that ever visited that uh, museum. So uh, that's part of the article, too, to talk about why blacks are not supporting 
of that museum, not seeing, not going there and getting the history that the museum has to offer. Well, does that museum have a website? Can we visit that website and learn more about it? And- uh, yeah, I think it does have a website. Um, yeah. It's, well, if we go Fort Mose and could you tell me? Yeah, uh, Fort Mose um, National Park, I mean uh, State Park. And I think you'll okay. get that website, and it'll tell you a lot uh, about that museum. And spell Mose for us. Uh, it's M-O-S-E. M-O-S-E. It's like Mose, <laughs> but it's, okay. uh, it's oh, pronounced uh, M-O-S-E, but it's pronounced Mose. Mose. Yeah, now, Mose is Spanish. you're scheduled to be on a panel with Wesley in July. Tell us about that event. Well, you know, I'm not sure... <clears throat> It has to do with looking at the future of African Americans um, in this country, and I guess each of us will take a part of that and uh, develop it, and uh, sort of project what we uh, what portends for us as we go further into the 21st century. Okay. And I understand it's going to be in Orlando, and I don't know a lot about that, but I think uh, you'll. Um, Anderson, who's in charge of that, will be on this show, uh, I believe, soon. And um, he'll be able to tell you more about it. Okay. Well, we look forward to... uh... As a matter of fact, he can tell you more about Port Mose, too, because I got involved through him. I see. Now, have you written other articles or books or anything about... uh... What was going on there in Florida in reference to the Underground Railroad? Not in reference to the Underground Railroad. I write a lot about uh, black issues, and if you Google my name, you'll see a lot of stuff that I have written about that. And also, if you Google South Florida Times, and you can see most of the recent stuff I've written about issues regarding um, uh, black people, uh, African Americans. Okay, and that's Gilbert Rayford. Yeah, Gilbert Lancelot Rayford, right. Rayford, and that's spelled R-A-I-F-O-R-D? Right, R-A-I-F-O-R-D. We have a prison in Florida called Rayford, too, but (laughs) there's no connection. There's no connection. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've got a note here from an emailer wanting to know what is, and I'm going to have to spell this for you, T-E-L-I-K... L-A-K-A-H-A. It's not like, it sounds like an Indian name, but I don't know what it is. P-E-L. Does the, the note say anything about the context of it? I don't know. What. No, no, never mind. They just wanted to know what it is. and oh. they, um, It's spelled, but I don't know that I can um, really pronounce it. Are there any other events coming up here um, in the near future? before July that our listeners might be interested in or that you're going to be involved in? Uh, well, I can't think of any. Uh, you know, I'm retired. I'm 82 years old, so I don't get involved that much with, with a lot of stuff. <laughs> so um, I have no idea, you know. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff going on, but um, I don't have any any um, plans to be involved in anything else. Now, I still do a little writing from time to time for the uh, South Florida Times, but that's about it. 
Well, certainly a, a gentleman of your experience and longevity, um, what's your take on some of the recent events uh, there in Florida, particularly the Trayvon Martin Zimmerman affair? Um, is there any way you can put that event into Florida historical perspective? Well, Florida is is interesting. Florida was not really considered uh, the deep south, and so they've never really uh, understood the importance of of black uh, unity, I suppose, as some of the other states have done. Um, there is a lot of racism throughout the state. I mean, really, throughout the state, and it's so. It used to be subliminal, but now it's just almost blatant. And um, this is a very good example of blatant racism, you know, where you can kill somebody and not even be arrested if the person is black and you're white. Mm -hmm. Um, So that it was very discouraging, you know, the whole incident. And the, uh, the jury to find... Zimmer not guilty. I, as a matter of fact, I wrote about that before the trial. I wrote that. I wrote even what would happen at the trial, and it was predict. It was a prediction, which I didn't you know, hope would not come true, but it did come true, and because of the nature of the state, it's what was a your, very very racist your, state. What was your personal experience there uh, in Florida from childhood to adulthood? Well, you know, it's interesting because I was born in the in the country and I was raised in the country, and we had almost no contact with white people. As a matter of fact, uh, they never even crossed my mind. Um, I went to a school that was it was an academy, and um, it was a progressive school. It was not like any school that you could think of because we had no textbooks and we had no grades. As such, we didn't have any A's, B's, or something like that, and we didn't have a seventh, or eighth, or ninth, or tenth grade. We just had surveys, and we had uh, cohorts that we were taught in, and all our learning was audio, uh, visual. So it was a different kind of experience, and um, there were a few whites in it. Even though it was during the days of uh, apartheid in this country, we had some whites. They were Cubans who came over. It was a boarding school. They would come over. To the school, but um, I, the only time I would see white people is when I would go into town, and then just in the stores, and uh, there was just we had no, um, uh, you know, no relationships at all with them. What was the name of the boarding school you went to? It was called Fesident Academy, and it was interesting because Fesident Academy was. Um, Started by, let me start back. Uh, in Florida, there was a plantation called Martin, uh, Colonel Martin, who uh, was this different kind of uh, master, but still a master. But um, he insisted that his slaves, all who wanted to be, edu- who wanted to read and write, could be read and write. It could read and write, and it would be it could be taught to read and write, and. Um, he did not use white uh, overseers. His overseers were all black, and he did not permit 
beatings and stuff like that. And it's a very large plantation north of Ocala. And so at the end of slavery, the, uh, the people were given land, and they were given, you know, implements to farm the land. But because they had a thirst for education, they also built a school, but they had no money to pay teachers or even to uh, buy books and so forth. And so a church organization called the American Missionary Association came in and provided a lot of the money. And then a man called President came from uh, Massachusetts, and uh, he brought his wealth with him, and he poured it into that school, and it became an academy. And for 50 years or more, well, let me see, no, almost 100 years, uh, it existed uh, until we began to have uh, public schools for blacks. Because in the beginning, there were no public schools for blacks in the South. Uh, blacks would go up to the eighth grade, that was it, but they could not get into high school because they didn't have high schools for a while. And if they did, they were so far apart that you would have had a hard time getting to them. And so anyway, this is the school that I attended. And so, uh, as I said, there was no opportunity to have any interaction with whites. You know, it's an extraordinary uh, story, Mr. Rayford. Now, you I wrote to... about that, too, in the, my, uh, uh, in the South Florida Times. You may want to, if anyone want to Google that, they could probably find that as well. As a matter of fact, the archives for our school uh, are in the Amstead Collection there in Tulane, in uh, Tulane University in New Orleans. I was there a couple of months ago, and it's a very, very, uh, how shall I say, a very large collection with uh, several dozen boxes of of, uh, original material there. Could you um, name that academy again along yes. with F-E-S-S-E-N, F-E-S-S-E-N-D-E-N, Fizzedin Academy. Okay, Fizzedin Academy. Fizzedin Academy. Fizzedin. Yeah, and right? we had an articulation agreement with all of the black colleges in the United States at the time that um, any graduate from that academy was automatically admitted into the universe of those colleges, you know, for um, for matriculation. Well, you became a teacher, um, and that's how you got into college. No, <laughs> I, before I came, I was a beatnik for a long time before I got, you know before I got into college. No, I, I'm six eight. I'm uh, I'm that tall, and so I we were poor, but um, I it was a great. I got a pretty good student and, and read a lot, and um, I got 17 scholarships because I could play basketball. Oh. Okay. And then I got into college because I could play basketball. I was also determined. I was determined that I would not be working at the hot sun in Florida, and I needed an education, and so that's why I decided to go to Hampton, go to school. And then for the, I graduated, and um, in the next five years after graduation, I became a hippie in New York and didn't do anything, <laughs> but uh, ran around Greenwich Village Okay. for, for ten, five years. Do you know if there are any uh, excavations going on around or in Fort Mose? Oh, any, any oh. Uh, excavation? 
Yeah, any excavation? Or... Oh, no, no, no. Um, no. The fort is completely um, gone now. It, it's a beautiful park there now. It's a nice place where families can go and have their picnics and, want, and go into the museum and, and get an education. Um, it's kind of hard to find. And it's right off of US 1, two miles north of, of uh, St. Augustine. Um, uh, the St. Augustine Chamber of Commerce does not uh, promote that for some reason. I guess because it's black. But there's a lot of black history in St. Augustine. Lincolnville, for example, at one point there were 548 buildings in uh, Lincolnville that was on the um, preservation uh, uh, register. Wow, that's a lot of buildings. Yeah, but they're not now because the state of Augustine decided they didn't need that much history and they started tearing them down. So it's not much left there. Still a few, but not nearly as many as they were in the beginning. So how is the museum supported? If the state's not involved. It, well, the museum is a state, it's in a state park, so the state of Florida supports it. And um, there's a, a nominal fee of $2 admission, but um, they can't do anything with that because almost no one goes there, not even blacks. And it's, it's really a shame because it's a great museum. It's small, but it's very, very impressive. You also mentioned, and I want to make sure I got this right, uh, the South Florida Times. That's a newspaper there. Right. It, it serves um, Dade County, Broward County, and Palm Beach County. Okay. Dade, it's it's uh, a black newspaper. And some of your, your articles, articles can be found there in the archives. Oh, oh well, uh, in that paper, uh, it's on... No, it's not the archives in in uh, New Orleans, and that's oh, the, the archives. Ar in New Orleans. Oh, but I, I, yeah. Okay. But I I do have my own papers here in uh, black. What is it called now? South Florida Black Archives. Yeah, I have a yeah. You can Google that too. My papers are there here in Miami in, in an archive here. South South Florida Black Archives. Right. Okay. Well, we're just about out of time. Is there any uh, closing remarks uh, you would like to leave with our listeners? Well, no, except uh, we have to try to continue to struggle on and and not be afraid to call racism racism. You know, uh, it's when we stop doing that, when it starts saying you're playing the race card, and you get scared, you know, it's the only card you have, so you've got to play what your hand calls for. Okay, thank you very much, Mr. Rayford, for joining us. Um, it's been a very enlightening and informing uh, presentation uh, for myself and I'm sure for our audience. And uh, we will certainly be looking up uh, some of these archives here to explore your writings and get more into uh, the history of the Underground Railroad there in Florida. And uh, perhaps uh, later on this summer, after you've participated in some of the uh, events that are coming up with our director, Leslie Gist, you will come back and join us again. It would be my pleasure. I think I would very much uh, like to talk to you again. 
And I want to close. Rayford, did you play professionally basketball? <laughs> no, I only played at Hampton. Uh, you know what? I'm really not such an athlete. I'm more of a scholar than an athlete. But okay. I love basketball. And I guess if, uh, I don't know. I was skinny then. I'm not skinny now, but I was very skinny then. And so yeah, I was not a shack. And I suppose if I had a little more weight on me and I had more interest in basketball, I probably would have become professional. I'm, old, I'm tall enough, you know, 6'8", and during the days when I grew up, you know, I was very tall. Very tall. Okay, yeah. uh, last call for any callers out there. Time to speak up. If you're on the line and you've got a question or comment. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, yes. I can. Hi, this is Ewell Anderson, and Dr. Rayford, I heard your interview this evening. And just oh, thought you did you? a great job uh, covering the importance of St. Mose and what it means to African Americans in this country. And I applaud you for being on the interview this evening. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Sir. Any other callers on the line? I heard another beep, but I guess it's gone. Yeah, it is. Okay, uh, we're out of time. Uh, again, Mr. Uh, Rayford, uh, thank you very much for joining us, and uh, hopefully we'll have you back in the future. Thank you very much, and I'll okay. be happy to come back. Okay. Great. Bye now. Good night, everybody. Good night. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.